Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius. You know what we're doing today? We have another episode for you guys, episode 61 of the... Shoot that shit. All right. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and we are back with another episode, episode 61. Can't believe we surpassed the monumental episode, episode 60. Time is flying, y'all. 2022 is almost to an end. We just had Thanksgiving, and I just want to give a big thank you to everybody who's been listening to the podcast, spreading the word. Episode 60, I know we talked about Terrence Crawford and his little beef with Bob Arum. We talked about Twitter and their fleeting. We talked about um, the, the troops coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan, and... Man, this episode right here, episode 61, we're going to surpass that. I think every episode that I do, I want to make better than the last one. I think we did that with this one. Let's see how it goes. Returning listeners, thank you for always coming back to the show. The show is nothing without you guys. New listeners, thank you for supporting this podcast. This is the STS Podcast 661. Again, I am your host, creator, founder, Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius. Make sure you follow us on the STS Podcast 661. That's STS Podcast 661 on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your favorite podcast at. I promise you the STS Podcast is going to be there, and we may become your favorite podcast from here on out. If you need an STS podcast shirt, any type of merchandise, just let me know, y'all. DJ EC3 shirts are flying off the shelves right now. We got this limited edition shirt coming out, and it's going to be um, its a great holiday present, in my opinion. Who would love, who wouldn't love, I love a cozy EC3 shirt? Keeps your old lady warm, keeps you warm, something from the heart, something to support local. Speaking of supporting local, in our last episode, we had the Cordova Collection and SB Supreme Event Supplies sponsoring the podcast. Again, we're nothing without our podcast, or without our sponsors um, promoting the podcast and uh, sponsoring the podcast. I'm always trying to find local vendors, local businesses, local anything to um, get on the podcast. And if I can help spread the word in any way, it's my honor to do that, and I want to continue doing that. With this podcast today, y'all, it's episode 61. We're going to talk about Gucci and Jeezy. Gucci Mane and Jeezy had a versus battle. Really important for the culture, y'all. I really enjoyed it. Undertaker finally retired this past weekend after 30 years in the business. We're going to talk about Dave Chappelle a little bit. We have a lot of boxing to talk about today. A lot of boxing going down. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones fought to, um, this past weekend. Nate Robinson should never fight again. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the O in boxing. That big 15-0, 49-0 that Mayweather has, Marciano has, that very few boxers reach. And is the O hurting boxers nowadays. Uh, Spence and Garcia fight this weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about our Thanksgiving. How was your guys' Thanksgiving? I know we're just coming down. We're still full. We're still getting those those second, um, those, I guess, I don't know how they say it, those leftovers. It's um, a real thankful time, and I'm really thankful for everybody coming on the podcast and supporting the podcast, spreading the word. Every time you repost the podcast, every time you share the podcast, it just gets the word out there. And in this line of business, y'all, the word of mouth is everything. We're nothing without the listeners, and I appreciate all you guys. And today's special guest, I have Highland Boys basketball coach, Head 
coach of the varsity squad, Scott Smith. We had we're talking about we're getting to know each other a little bit more. You know, we've been friends for a while, but now I'm part of his staff. We're going to talk about expectations, how I became part of the staff, how he got his um, start in basketball, and uh, what we're looking forward to, this new journey that we're both on now that I'm on the staff. And it's going to be a real great conversation, y'all. Again, shout out to Scott Smith for appearing. Every time we have a guest on the podcast, it's a real special thing. And before we get into that, let the DOC tell you what you need to do. Now do me a favor. favor. Let me in here. For the 61st time, welcome to the Let Me Air segment. We're here to shoot the shit. I'm not here to change your opinion on any subject. I'm not here to talk about anything specific or have any objective in mind. I'm not here to change your opinion. I'm not here to change your belief. I'm here to just speak my truth, what I believe in, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, I can't believe this is the 61st episode. I know we just had Thanksgiving, and um, we could just talk about what we're grateful for. And I'm really grateful, man, just to live this life right now, everything that's coming full circle for myself, at least, it's been a long time coming. It's been, um, it's honestly been um, a manifestation of a lot of things, a lot of luck, a lot of um, taking advantage of the opportunity, a lot of taking um, the signs that the universe has been giving me the last few months. A couple months ago, I didn't know what was going to happen with regarding my career, regarding um, DJing, regarding the podcast, the DJ business, coaching. Uh, now I'm now I'm a part of a great staff at Highland. Um, now I'm gonna have this career getting started. This is just getting my, you know, my foot in the door, paying your dues, and just being on a new staff and a new journey. And we're gonna talk about that later on about how, you know, as a man, you need new challenges. As a man, you need to sometimes go what what a direction you're not familiar with, what you're not comfortable with, and it's. That's something I'm really grateful to have the opportunity. Some people don't have the luxury of doing that. Some people don't have. Um, the ability to do that. I know we have a lot of responsibilities in life. Sometimes you got to make moves for others besides yourself. And I'm really grateful that I'm able to make moves that are going to best, um, I guess, best. Um, what's the word? What's the way to say this without saying like asshole? <laughs> it's going to be the best to support me and my dreams. And it's, man, like I said, a couple months ago, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to be able to have the opportunity. I didn't know if I was ever, um, like, I was on, I'm never going to work again. I'm just going to be my own boss. I'm going to just figure out what I got to do. And, you know, after a while, you figure out that maybe that, it's, it's always great to have the side of hustle. It's always great to have a business, but you could make that into a stream of income and have multiple streams of incomes. And that's what we're trying to do right now. I'm really trying to put people on with that. You got to have those streams of income, especially in my position, I think we, we got to make that a, um, it's a priority. And I'm really thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. Uh, I have a great support team. I have a great foundation. And I um, would be nothing without them. And I know that I'm well aware of uh, the opportunities that have been given to me, the advice, the love. I'm a lucky man. And I'm really thankful um, for all of that. And I can't believe it's happening, y'all. Still can't believe we're doing this podcast. And I can't believe what we witnessed this weekend. I was live in Las Vegas watching this fight. Uh, we had Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson back in the ring. It was an exhibition. But to me, it lived up to every, it lived up to every expectation that I had, y'all. Um, we can start up with the begin with the with the um with the undercard fight. Uh, let's go with Nate Robinson, man. Nate Robinson, and I believe what's his name? Is it Paul Logan or Logan Paul? Let me see here. Let me see exactly. Uh, um, Jake Paul. Sorry about that. So 
we see Nate Robinson, man. Nate Robinson is getting the ring for the first time. You know, we all know Nate Robinson is a slam dunk champion. He's um he's a superior athlete. The man is um he, he he is a stud. We can't we can't say he's not a stud. The man's a stud, but he went up against um he went up against What's I can't I I'm sorry I can't I forget the man's name Logan but Jake Paul I don't know why does he have a brother named Logan so Jake Paul and Nate Robinson and we're gonna watch this fight live that's that's what we're gonna do this shit is not even that long so we're we're gonna be able to uh, give a little play by play and they're fighting cruiserweights and um I'm guessing Jake Paul trains a lot and man Nate Robinson had the knockout of the year he got knocked out. Paul had the knockout of the year. Nate Robinson got laid out. Goddamn embarrassing to the game of boxing. It was a mockery to the game of boxing. And we see from the round one here, we're looking at this. I'm looking at this, which I can't believe I paid $50 for this bullshit. But I did. I'm one of the suckers. So Nate Robinson, he looked a little calm in the beginning. And he starts chasing the man in the ring. And he's clinching a lot. He's really trying just to land desperation shot. And... It's crazy. His defense is non-existent. Um, try to leave with a jab. It looks like he was a southpaw. He came with some good shots. He came in the beginning. He, he was he was he was doing what he thought he would, would be necessary, and it didn't last long, man. You just seen the inexperience. Um, not saying that Jake Paul is a crisp, polished fighter, but this wasn't. Uh, this belonged on the fucking preliminaries. This fight was an embarrassment. It was it was the names that sold this fight, and on and the best thing about this fight, honestly, was Snoop Dogg on commentary, and a part of me was I don't want to hear Snoop talk about boxing. I want to hear Sugar Ray Leonard. I want to hear um, Mara. I want to hear the, I forgot the other guy's name. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But I want to see these guys give their expert opinion. But I figured, you know what? This is an exhibition. This is for fun. And to hear Snoop Dogg on this commentary was a delight, man. It was a, it was real fun. It was only six rounds. Throughout the night, Snoop Dogg was definitely... Um, Snoop Dogg was definitely... Um, the star of the show from performing. He was the star of the show from a commentary point of view. He did his job, and it was excellent, man. And again, we I'm looking here. Jake Paul is uh he could he's not the greatest boxer. He's not a boxer at all. But he kind of has the fundamentals down. That's honestly all you need when you find somebody like Nate Robinson who does not know anything about the game. So we're here now. I'm looking at the, this is the first round, y'all. And again, we're gonna watch this fight only because this doesn't last long at all. You know, he's getting some good shots in there. Um, he let you know he he's he's trying, but when you have no defense and you're just running and just trying to, oh, he got knocked down the first time. It was a good punch in the back of the cranium. When you're just and you're shuffling your feet the way you shuffle. He has no type of footwork. He has no foundation or no foundation of the fundamentals. You're going to get hurt out there, y'all. It's it's almost a damn. It's guaranteed you're going to get fucking hurt. And it's and it's it's real sad, man. <coughs> Excuse me. It's real sad to see somebody like this get fucked up in the ring. Um, it's not fun. It's um, It's dangerous. 
And we'll see. what This is the second round here. Don't think it lasts more than a minute after this. You know, Nate Robinson is trying to get some punches in, but you can tell he's squared up when he's thrown these punches. He doesn't have his right or left. Looks like he's a southpaw. He doesn't have his right or left over him. He has no foundation at all. Um... With his fundamentals, he has no foundation with his stance. I don't even know if he knows how to fight Southpaw. He's not. He's not a good defensive fighter at all. It's quite embarrassing. I'm not again. Jake Paul is not a fucking uh, pro at all, but he at least has some respect for the game. You could tell he's been training a little bit, and he you know he has some nice feints and little feints to the body. And again, Nate Robbins is trying just to smother him. But when you smother somebody, you got to come with something. He's not coming with a damn thing that's gonna hurt. Um, Jake Paul at all. Let's see here. We got some more. We got some. Um, real interesting here. A lot of clinching right now. We're about two minutes left in the second round. I believe this only goes two rounds. Um, again, if I wish we could hear Snoop on the commentary right now. Ugh. So, man, Jake Paul hits him with a good over right, uh, overhand right. And they, you know what, this is when the ref, the ref should have called it right here. The man's face down under the ropes. He's struggling to get up. You could tell his eyes ain't there. Nick at his eyes, man. He looks defeated already. And you let the man go back in the ring. This is how fighters get hurt. This is why we shouldn't have these celebrities, honestly, um, going on these type of fights. And here we go. Jake Paul coming. Jake Paul hits him with the right. And my man falls, buckles, hits his face on the mat. And he's out cold, y'all. And that's the way they ended the night. Uh, at least with <laughs> Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. And that, God, man. I love boxing, but when it's not done correctly and it's not um, it's not being respected, it's, it's, not, it's not good for the sport, man. This wasn't good for the sport at all. Uh, it was a mockery of the game on both of their ends. Uh, I want to see some prize fights. Like Badu Jack and the homeboy, the, you know, on the, on the card, the, the fight before that, that was a war. And I know, I forgot his name. I'm not going to look it up. But Badu Jack was hitting him some good shots. Badu Jack's a professional boxer. He's a warrior. He's been in some bouts that, um, he's been in some bouts that, uh, you know, you could respect him. He has a legacy in boxing. And the guy he was fighting, that man could take a punch. He was not going down without a fight. And it was real, it was real, real, uh, it was a good boxing fight. It was real awesome to see. I loved it. Uh, what I was, you know, waiting for and everybody else was waiting for was Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. And I know people really thought this was going to be a 12-round, three-round, a 12-round, three-minute bout. It was an exhibition, y'all. This doesn't count. This was for the fans. This is for entertainment. And to see uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., this was a nostalgia to the maximum effect. I had a great time watching it. You could still see that dog in Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's still a killer in there. He has, he's so fundamentally sound. The angles he was hitting. He was hitting with one. If he's coming with one punch, he's coming with two more after that. And Roy Jones felt these punches, y'all. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason why this fight was a dud, I guess you could say, not a lot of action, was because of Roy Jones Jr.'s cardio. His conditioning was not up to par at all. His He was not ready for this type of fight. I don't know what he thought Tyson was going to bring, but Tyson did bring it, y'all. Tyson brought it, and it was so wonderful. Who would have thought Mike Tyson uh, still had, you know, you can't ever doubt the legend. He's an icon, but who would have thought he would have lost the 30 pounds? He's at two, I think he's at 219. That was the same way he fought Holyfield in the first and second fights. And, man, it, 
It was an awesome night for boxing. We didn't get any knockdowns. We got a little bit of action. We seen Iron Mike um, for a 55-year-old man. He definitely exceeded my expectations. And would I love to see him in the ring again? You're damn right I will. And I'm looking at the second round here, man. You know, Tyson still, he's still bobbing and weaving. He's still hitting, you know, in, from the jump, he was hitting him with the double jab. And that double jab could do a lot. It could blind the opponent. You could fake him out. Mike has some good feints. Mike's moving his hands at all times. And, you know, Roy Jones, too. The man doesn't lose speed. That muscle memory is still there. He's been um, active in the ring a little bit more than Tyson has in the last couple of years. And he still has some speed. I'm going to give him that. He did bring it. He didn't get knocked out. Right now, I hit him. He had a good. He hit him with a good overhand right, uh, with about a minute left in the second round. And you know we have these two minute fights, and that's just to make sure they have some action. They're not just lollygagging for a minute and then getting into for two minutes. They just had these two, two round um bout, two round rounds, two minute rounds, and a smaller ring to get the action going. And I thought it was action packed, man. And honestly, I'm all for Mike Tyson making his money right now. It's beautiful to see um, the space that Mike Tyson's in right now. It's beautiful to see that he doesn't need these boxing promoters. He doesn't need these boxing organizations to make um, to make a play for himself and to put other boxers on, other people on boxing. Um, people have been sucking boxing dry for a long time, y'all. And he don't need to be defending championships. He don't need to be going into rankings and trying to make these um these money belts. Mike Tyson's money by himself. And if he does want to keep doing this with Bob Sapp, Evan the Holyfield with Roy Jones again, I'm definitely gonna tune in. And um it's special, man. It's real um like I said, I'm really happy for Mike Tyson. He's in a good space right now. He's happy. Um he's grown so much since that Mike Tyson that you know, the Mike Tyson that was obligated to fight. That Mike Tyson that was bound to a contract that he had to fight. And he's not he's doing this because he wants to now. Once you start doing something because you love doing it and you're not forced to do it, it changes your whole life, man. It's it changes your whole um your dedication to the game. It changes your your overall perspective on life. And you just heard Mike this whole weekend was talking about I'm just happy I'm here. I'm able to provide for my family now. I'm here to provide for my friends. I'm in a good headspace, you know, I'm not worried about my legacy anymore. I'm not worried about um you know how people are going to remember me because I know I'm doing what I got to do for my family. And when you're okay with how you're demi- you know, we all going to pass. And I think he said something like, once you're okay with dying, living's going to be a lot better because you're going to take advantage of every moment that you have. And I can, re- man, we all can relate to that actually. So I was really excited to see this. And man, I was in Las Vegas for this one. Vegas was a great time, man. Thanksgiving weekend packed. A little packed, man. I know COVID's lingering. We're not going to get into that COVID conversation. I'm healthy. I'm good. Um, but it was a great time in Vegas, man. I, did, I, I really needed the vacation. I missed coming on the podcast. That's why we're a little bit late because I had you know, I had a little vacation planned with my guys. And fun times, man. Shout out to Blackjack. Shout out to Craps. Shout out to The Strip. Um, it was good times in Vegas. It was fun to watch the fight. That's one of the reasons why we went to the gold. I uh, went to Vegas and was watching the Mike Tyson fight. We don't know how many opportunities we're going to get for that. Uh, and I know this this weekend is actually going to be a great opportunity to watch some great boxing, some legit boxing. I guess you could say that's going to mean something. We have Danny Garcia versus Errol Spence. Um, this is going to be Errol Spence's first bout back since his accident. If you guys seen the accent, you guys know what I'm talking about. And Danny Garcia is um, trying to make a Danny Garcia is trying to make a play to get back in that top five conversation. Um, 
And you know what? That's what we're talking about right now. But Danny Garcia, he's back, man. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hell of a fight. Danny Garcia is only thirty six and two, y'all. I know he. Ever since he lost to Sean Porter and Keith Thurman, I think people have really been sleeping on him. He, they really been take, they put him in the back seat. They forgot all about him. So now he has an opportunity to put his name back in the top five, um, at least honorable mentions of the best welterweights in the game right now. Um, Errol Spence is twenty six and zero. He's the champ. He wants to show people. People that he's he's back. He's not gonna miss a step. He's he's gonna take this. He's taking his training seriously, and like I've always said, Errol Spence is that perfect boxer. He's a chess player. There, he's um he's gonna he, he's gonna make a move based off what you do, and he's the ultimate chess player in the ring. He's one of those perfect boxers. I think it's a great bout uh, to see where he might stand up when in the event he ever does face Terence Crawford. And it's a win-win fight here, y'all. We had Terence Crawford winning. He just moves up that ladder. He's going to get bigger fights, whoever the hell that is. Or if Danny Garcia wins this, he's going to get his name put back in that hat of top welterweights in the world. Maybe he'll be able to um, make a name for himself to get back in the ring with Porter, get back in the ring with Thurman. Um, and again, the more fights we get like this, the more fights we get like Spence and Garcia, the better for boxing. And I'm all for it, honestly. Uh and my prediction, and I guess we could get predictions right now. Um, I'm going to go Errol Spence. And I don't know if he knocks him out, but I think he does win by decision. Uh, Danny Garcia is a great defensive fighter. People cannot sleep on that. But Errol Spence is a machine. He's an offensive machine. He's sound defensively. He's he's fundamentally sound. He knows where he's at at all times. He's damn near the perfect fighter. And uh, he has power in his right or left hand. He has the speed to get it done. So I'm really excited for this, man. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with Spencer Garcia. This is going to really dictate what's going to happen in 2021 with this division. A lot of a lot of players in this division. A lot of players want that. Um, they want that championship title. They want that shot in the spotlight. And I'm all for it. Like we said with Danny Garcia, you know, he lost his O. Keith Thurman lost his O. Sean Porter, all the great boxers lost their O. I know Mayweather was 50 and O. And we were, you know, I, I, I heard on the podcast the other day with Sean Porter, actually, they were talking about how the O affects boxers nowadays. And, and this is, for example, just say Danny Garcia, um, let me see, where was he at? He was 27 and O. Actually, I'm sorry, he was, let's see here, that was one, two, that was one, two, three, four, five, six. He was 30 and O. 29 and 0 when he fought Keith Thurman. I mean, when he lost, he had that 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 O was removed. When Keith Thurman lost his bout, also, um, he you know that O means a lot now boxing. And I don't know if that's a good thing, y'all, because when we we think with Mayweather, that was perfection. That O stood there; it's concrete, it's set in stone. But now when these boxers lose that O. We kind of compare them now. Okay, well, they're not as good as Mayweather, so we're going to write them off. You know, they're not perfect. They're not going to be the next big thing. And we have to remember, y'all, all the great fighters, besides the certain few, there's only been a handful who have been who have, who have been the exception to this rule. Every great fighter has to lose. And sometimes it's a blessing in disguise. You got to think about when Ali lost to Frazier, when... Um, uh, when uh, Chavez got his ass kicked, when all these great boxers lost that O, it lights a fuel. It 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 just ignites that 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 fire in them. 
Um, it could be a great comeback story. Nigga Canelo, when he lost against Mayweather, he hasn't lost a fight since. Um, I know we had to draw with GG, but I'm talking about the L in the loss category officially. Uh, once you lose, man, it doesn't. I don't think it should be a write-off that you can't be great. You can't be a legend in the game anymore. I know Mayweather spoiled us, and he really marketed himself off never losing his O. But I think we have to really be appreciative of these fighters we have. We have a lot of great fighters with some losses. And there's nothing long, wrong with that in life. We're going to take losses. And in boxing, you know, especially when you're, um, especially when, you know, you're going against the best of the best, you're, the best man's going to win sometimes. And sometimes you got to take the L. It's going to light the fire in you. And you're going to come back better than ever. Uh it happens. It it happens to the best of them. The greatest fighters of all time have all lost. Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, Sugar Ray. Um, damn, my hands. The hands of stone. Uh, Duran. Uh, De La Hoya. Tyson. Holyfield. Lewis. Klitschko. And they could Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua lost to Andy Reese. And they could, it lit that fire in him. So he knows how it feels to lose, and he'll never f- want to feel like that again. He never wants to be. He never wants to uh, to be in that underdog position again. He never wants to let a man like Andy Reese, who's sloppy and sick, come in and knock him out. He wasn't prepared. So this may sometimes this might be the best thing in the boxer's career is to humble them. And I know, like I said, the O it really set a precedent that's almost damn near unmatched in boxing. And there's nothing wrong with taking the L. The greatest warriors have to lose once in a while. Father Time does take a um, does does rise and does strike. And it's gonna be real interesting, you know, what's gonna happen. Does Errol Spence keep that O? And when he does lose, are we just gonna write him off like he's just another fighter, like he's not special? Because the man's developing a legacy where he's going to be real special. Same with Terrence Crawford. I think that's why people want them to fight so much. Because somebody's O has to go. And we shall see. I'm just not a big fan of people really writing people off after they have that one loss. You know, if you take about five fight, you take seven fights, and lose five out of seven. Yeah, I think it's time for you to hang them up and it's not your day. That's okay. But when you're coming off a loss, it's supposed to build you. It's going to build adverse. It's going to help you build against that adversity. It's going to give you perseverance. It's going to help you. That comeback story is going to be the best thing in the world. And I think a lot of these fighters are suffering from that O syndrome. And I think that's something in boxing we got to get rid of, y'all. I think we understand these fights. Pacquiao, Nick Pacquiao losing to Marquez, losing to Mayweather. And look at the way he's been rising. He's defeated um, some great fighters. Uh, he's defeated Keith Thurman. Um He's beat some, you know, he's beat since the Mayweather fight. He's had some good bouts underneath his, um, underneath his waist. So we definitely should just, I think the O was making, uh, it suffering. It makes boxing suffer. Um, and Nate Robinson makes boxing suffer. I think boxing hurt himself a little bit with that one. One thing who, who didn't hurt the game, but I think it just elevated the game and it showed what grown men could do was Gucci Mane. And Young Jeezy, they were in a battle, a versus battle. I think it was about 10 days ago. I'm a little behind, but I had to talk about it. I love hip-hop. And when you love hip-hop, you understood what Jeezy meant for the South, for Atlanta. You know what Gucci Mane meant for the South and Atlanta. And to see these two guys being the same building, this was unthink- This was not even thought it was going to be possible the last couple of years. Just because of that, you know, that, that, that turmoil they've been through the last 10, 15 years. 
And man, you talked about a spectacle. I think they had about five million watches overall, five million viewers on this versus. And for those who don't know what a versus is, when two it's when two artists pick their twenty best songs and they go head to head. What Gucci and Jeezy did, what I like, because usually it's in a studio setting on a live. You know, they're not in the same studio. They set it up for a stage where they could perform their songs. And man, I thought Jeezy killed it and he didn't even dig into his whole catalog uh gucci man uh, had some hits that i haven't heard in years and if you know gucci man he doesn't have those mainstream billboard hits he has stuff for the hood he's always been you know he's deep in the south he's a, he's a he's a dirty south god and just to hear lemonade um he's you know i'm i was laughing when he did uh, wake up in the sky uh that was that was awesome but when jeezy did them boys Oh my God! I was looking for Jody Breeze. That reminded me of when I was a kid. When I was in high school, we we're bumping this "Boys in the Hood," uh, "Go Crazy." Um, man, he didn't even do "My President's Black." He didn't do it then. What? Uh, I loved hearing everything. Um, Jeezy has hits, man, and I think people really need. To, I think people really understand that. I know Jeezy's been a problem. I'm not saying his last four projects were anything special, but the recession, Thug Motivation, 101, um, uh, damn, what was it? What was the other ones he dropped here? Uh, whatever Jeezy album dropped like the last before the last five years have been fire, and I'm all for it, man. It was uh, the Snowman was back and. It was cool to see him and Gucci do so icy. I know Gucci was really dissing his boy, and he was, you know, he was trying to create a show. He was trying to entertain the viewers, and you know that beef was real at one point. And man, it was a great thing to see uh, these two guys come together for. And honestly, they came together for hip hop. Um, it's a beautiful thing when the culture is always going to remember this. This is something that. Um, this is something uh, we always need when, you know, two rappers who have a history of hatred towards each other could come together as grown men and just do what they got to do. It was a beautiful thing. And then when they did So Icy, man, that shit, that shit brought me to, I was like 15 when that song came out, maybe 13, 14 years old. Um, Trapper Die, Standing um, Ovation. Plain Jane, I'm a dog. I'm a dog was a hit when it came out. Um, that's my hood. Let's get it. Sky's the limit. Both bricks, all there. Um, who dat? Uh, they know. Steady mobbing. That was that was crazy. Lost my mind. Uh, way too gone. First day out. Air forces. Trap star. Uh, truth. Put on. Seen it all. Trap house. I get the bag. Soul survivor. Gun hate. Man, these guys dropped the hits on us. Um, maybe, and I, I'm probably going out on a limb here, but I'm definitely going to say that this was the best versus battle of them all yet. And um, we shall see. We shall see who could eclipse that. And I should have mentioned this earlier when we were talking about Snoop. Snoop Dogg had a hell of a performance this past weekend on the Tyson Jones card. Uh, no one has hits like Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg has hits in every generation that everybody can relate to. And I don't see anybody defeating Snoop Dogg in a versus battle. Um, if you guys can name a rapper, please throw them at me. Um, maybe besides Jay-Z. Um, 
let me see who else. Jay Z could probably you could throw in there. Maybe Tupac if he was here still. Dr. Dre, but he you know he has production. Eminem has hits, but it's not the hits that Snoop has. Snoop has hits. Um, it's 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 Uncle Snoop's an icon, and we really need to appreciate these icons, man. Snoop Dogg proved why my legends are not your legends. Everybody performed that night. Shout out to all of them, but the man who stole the show was Snoop Dogg. Uh, maybe Lil Wayne could get in. You know, we could have a, we could make it interesting, but I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think Snoop Dogg has hits right now. He's an icon. He's a legend in the game. We don't have a lot of those left. Maybe DMX, Jay Z, M, Yay. But, man, Snoop Dogg put on a show. He makes you feel good about the music. He t- takes you back in time. Um, it was awesome. You, and he was having a hell of a time, too. And I'm awfully, man, you know, you see, especially Tyson and Snoop, they had their dark times in their career. They had some times that they thought they were never going to be on top of the game again. And, look, every time we, boxing has a special way of, making the world stop for a second and when the world stopped snoop dogg and mike tyson entertained the world it was fucking awesome man i'm all for that and uh one thing i'm not for let me tell you guys something throughout my life i've always waited for certain things that you know kind of related to my childhood star wars came out those three um the force awakens last jedi uh the rise of skywalker i've waited all my life for those um, when Jay dropped Compton, uh, I waited all my life for Detox. So Compton was kind of like my, um, that was my, uh, I guess, I don't know how to say it. It's my little prize on the side. It was my, um, it got me through it. It was, it, that was something, it was worth the wait. Um, Stone Cold, Steve Austin retired, The Rock retired, um, so many things I waited for, like the new Mortal Kombat movie. Um, there's been so many things in my childhood that have come and gone, you know, that kind of just, it happened. I would, you know, it was like that nostalgic feeling like, oh, there's my, you know, when you, some people say when Harry Potter's last movie came out, their childhood went with them. And I have a few moments like that. I feel like, like I said, when Stone Cold left, when, um... Damn, my childhood. Let me think here. When Kobe passed away, fuck, my childhood went with him. Um, that was a big part of me growing up. And another thing that made me feel like my childhood is gone now, there's nothing else I'm waiting for, was The Undertaker retiring. And one of the most consistent figures in wrestling, man, has been The Undertaker for the last 30 years. Ever since I fell in love with wrestling, Excuse me. Ever since I fell in love with wrestling, Undertaker's been a, a mainstay in it. He's always been a consistent figure. He's always been agile. He's always been in that main event status. You've always wanted to see what Taker was going to do next. Every time Taker was going to be on TV, you watched. And now that it's, he, you know, he came on, on Survivor Series on Sunday and announced his retirement and... Man, it was so surreal, y'all. It was like I I got I got emotional because I felt like my childhood was officially gone, and now I don't know if my love for wrestling is still the same. It's crazy thing to to think about. Um, I guess I could just say my top five Undertaker moments. Um, I remember we used to get these pay per views when we were a kid. I remember him throwing Mick Foley off the Hell in the Cell. I remember when. Him and Shawn Michaels had the first ever Hell in the Cell with Kane de- debuting. 
I remember Undertaker, uh, of course, putting Stone Cold in the crucifix. I remember him um, with the last ride when he came out as the American Badass. I remember when him and Goldberg had that shit match in Saudi Arabia. Um, when Taker used to have the mask. I remember him and Isaac Yankum a few times having these belts. I remember him vividly with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. My dad's friend used to come give these old tapes of the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And I remember when he... Um, he won the title from Hogan with the help of Ric Flair when he put that chair underneath the tombstone. I remember when he put Paul Bearer in that big old box of concrete. Um, the Paul Bearer um, hologram was awesome. That was a nice touch. That really got me emotional. Again, that's my childhood. Like Especially how much I love wrestling. Um, Undertaker's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Not just because of the... Just because of the creation, just because of his moveset, his, he was agile for his size. The man was an agile, a- athletic kid, and it was fucking crazy. Like, And I know he was a shell of himself the last couple years, but I think the greatest character ever created from wrestling was The Undertaker. Just the way he kept in character, the way he always dedicated himself to protecting the business. It's a it's a it's a beautiful thing, and it's the last of a dying breed. We don't have a lot of that left. Maybe Ric Flair, but a lot of these guys don't live their gimmick, and you know it's it was sad. It was like my childhood was coming to a close, and man, uh, it was just surreal. And seeing Vince McMahon finally say, you know, not all you know everything has to come to an end, and seeing Vince McMahon aging. And he's getting old, and it's just crazy. After after the show, him and Steve Austin had like a two-hour conversation, and you just see like, damn, these these were my heroes growing up. And I know the businesses. I know what I know. It's a work, but if you love the business, you love wrestling. You understood what they what they what he contributed to, and you have to respect it. You have to respect it so much, and I respect Taker so much, man. Uh, gave me so many memories, memories as a kid, as an adult man. <laughs> Still watch it to this day, and man, it's it's an awesome thing. It's I'm glad he went on his terms. He went, he left relatively healthy. He left when he, while he could still walk out the ring. He wasn't like one of these old timers in a wheelchair or in a walker or a cane. He left when. You know, he was still able, he's still able to be with his family. He's still going to be able to play with his kids. And as a grown man, you kind of understand that now, especially, you know, my grandparents, my dad. Everybody's getting older now. As as, as much life as I'm blessed with, we're going to see people we love get older. And it's crazy, man. It's real fucking crazy that Taker's gone now. And it was a long time coming. Maybe it was a year or two too, too late. But I'm glad he's, you know, he. He paid his respect to the game, and um, we're always going to remember him as a legend, the legend. If you make a Mount Rushmore, you're probably going to have to put The Undertaker on there. Um, We're never going to see anything like his character again. We're never going to see another undefeated streak at WrestleMania like that again. We're never going to have the aura of a character like that again. The theme music, the attire, the moveset, the finisher, everything was unique. And uh, thank you, Taker, for that. And um, again, man, real surreal. Uh, before we head into our interview with Scott Smith, let's discuss one more thing. Uh, Dave Chappelle came out with the with the sketch with a skit with a skit the other day, talking about you know I know we all got excited when the Dave, the the Chappelle show something we grew up with came out on Netflix and HBO Max. And Dave Chappelle was telling, you know, he did, he was in front of the crowd, just telling his story, real serious. And I love his serious sketches. He was talking about how P- 
people have always did him wrong in his career. Uh, I think he talked about in the beginning. He sold, you know, he told a guy he could borrow a joke, and that guy ended up stealing it and never paid him for it, and it helped him get ahead in his career, and it left Dave with nothing. Um, he was talking about when he was kicking with this broad, and he only had sixty dollars, and he thought he figured out this game, this three spade game, and he figured out that everybody in there who was playing and making it seem like it's easy to win was actually friends and they were hustling everybody. So someone hustled him. And he was talking about his contract with Comedy Central. How they have rights to his likeness throughout the entire world for the duration of his contract. And he didn't fulfill that contract. So they still own him. And now... That, you know, he's on his own, he's doing well, and people ask him, hey, why don't you make another Dave Chappelle show? That's his show, that's his name. Um, He can't, he's still bound to the contract. And now that Netflix and HBO Max have rights to this show that, you know, that he's on, they they could show it whenever they like, wherever, whatever platform they wish. And... He's not happy about that. He feels like he was, he got that stole, stole he got this, he, he got his show stolen from him. He said that he, um, you know, he pitched him. I guess he pitched to HBO and they passed on it. But now they wanna, they wanna showcase his series to everybody. And the sad thing is, he didn't get paid from any of this. Every stream, every time we watch that, somebody else is making money off his creation, off his, off his baby. And he's not happy about that. And he he did vent that he did sign the contract, but it's not right. Just because he didn't want to do it anymore doesn't mean he shouldn't get paid. He shouldn't make a profit off of what he created. And especially HBO, someone who passed on it. Like, what? why do you want this now? Now that it, it's profitable, now you want it. But in the beginning when I was struggling and didn't have shit, you just said, oh, but why do we need you? And now he's saying, now, why do you need me now? Because he's on top of the game again? And he was saying, why can't he, um, he wants his show back. He asked us to boycott it on HBO Max. And I guess he talked to the guys at Netflix and explained the situation. And they agreed. The artist is getting robbed. And, uh, they're not going to show the Chappelle show on Netflix. And what I got from that story... And this is what I'm trying to tell my friends right now, man. Make sure that we getting paid for whatever we do. And we have an understanding. We have good business. This is why we got to do good business with everybody. And it's it's vital, y'all. It's vital to eat off what we um, create. It's vital that we, um, we keep our word in business. It's vital that we um, make sure that... We're not fucking each other over. We, I want both sides to... to um, feel okay or feel good about the deal. I want both sides to feel like the other side is not cheating them. And it has to be a 50-50 deal. I know it's a different direction than what Dave was saying. Dave's a whole different animal. But I think that it's a good lesson that we could all learn. Um, you know, I was just talking to my guy, Rob, about this. And, you know, we worked a deal out for a logo. And I told him, I want to pay you for every shirt I sell with your logo on it. It's called revenue sharing, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm not greedy, and I want my guy to make money off what he created. Even though I bought it off of him, I bought it off him to use it on a shirt, but every logo is still going to make him money. 
and that's the way you should do business with not just your friends, but with anybody you come in contact with that's helping your helping you grow your brand, that's helping you um, advance your brand, helping you reach levels that you couldn't reach. In this game, especially in the game I'm in, we can do merchandise. You can't do this without smart people on your squad. You can't do this without um without creative geniuses around you. You can't do this without creative people around you. And um, I just hope everybody in the field, I know Bakersfield's notorious for being cheap and doing shady deals, but stop doing this, y'all. We got it. I want, for myself, I don't care what nobody else is doing, honestly. For myself, I know I'm going to sleep better that I'm doing good business. And I want to continue doing good business with everybody that I come in contact with. I don't want my reputation to ever be like, oh, Ernie did me sloppy. Ernie did me wrong. Ernie didn't keep his word. It's never going to be like that. And you see what Dave Chappelle, and I feel his pain, man. I, I would be hot if someone took this podcast and stole some concepts and what we talked about, some talking points, um, and made profit off of it. And I didn't get no credit. I didn't get a dollar off of it. This is my baby. Like, this is what I care for. This is what I love. The podcast is what I love to do. And, um, you know, it's just crazy, man. And before we get into this interview, let me make an announcement right now. I hope you guys are stuck around and listen to this. Off the Fly podcast with Double R and EC3. We're coming back this weekend. We're dropping December 5th. We're back, y'all. We're doing two podcasts. There's the only way I know how to do it. Um, we're going to talk about it more in the podcast, but make sure y'all check that out. We're going to drop on Friday. I'm really excited. We're going to be doing two podcasts at a time, but if I want to do it, I'm going to do it because that's how I'm trying to I orchestrate in my life, and it's going to be a fun time, y'all. Make sure y'all check that out. Off the fly, we're back. I got my guy back, and it's going to be a wonderful time. We're going to do a whole different podcast, but y'all still going to enjoy it. Hope you guys tune in, man. Let's get into this interview, y'all. I got Scott Smith, head coach of the Highland Boys basketball team. He welcomed me with open arms to go on to his staff. This is something we've been working on for a while. Um, helped me out in a lot of aspects the last few weeks. I can't even tell you guys how much he's helped me. Really, really excited that he's on the podcast this week. I'm really excited. He, I'm honored he, he hopped on. He didn't have to. And we made it happen today. So I hope you guys enjoy this, y'all. This is episode 61. We have a special guest coming up. Scott Smith, head coach of the boys basketball team at Highland High. We out. All right, y'all. For the 61st episode of the STS podcast, got my new head coach, my good friend Scott Smith of Highland High. Scott, talk to the mic we're holding in our hands, bro. Episode 61? Dude, crazy, right? Does that mean I'm the... 61st best option right now for you? No, not at all, bro. Because I've known you a couple of years, man. This is long overdue. This is long overdue. It is, man, but it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on today, man. Hey, man, thank you for having me. We're live at Highland, and um, we got it done. You told I asked you, what, last week if you are do it? Two weeks ago? Yep. And I've just been waiting to start and just kind of get my feet wet. And we're here, man. Now we're here. Let's get it. Honor. Speaking of honor, dude, I'm really honored to be a part of your staff now. Um we're still trying to, I'm still learning around here. This is new to me. I never, I've only been a part of one my whole life. So now to be a part of yours, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm really curious about what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Dude. Well, you're a part of a good one, man. Like the Definitely. dudes at Foothill know what they're doing. They've got their, they've got their style. And uh, like I said, I was a part of it too. Like that's where I, that's where we actually met was there like what, four years ago? Four years now? ago. Definitely. 
and uh you're the man just keeping stats and look what you've grown into man <laughs> crazy but, uh, right? i knew during that time man like meeting with you talking with you and just um getting all that i don't know that personality out of you man like it was good to finally meet up with you get to know you for two years and then be like man this is a guy that if you know i do come across the program again like this is this is the type of guy i want in my program you're good with kids you're good uh, you add a lot of different venues and avenues for yep. these guys to like look up to man and i think that can only help our kids man like we have a really diverse group of kids over here and a diverse group of coaches and definitely th that's what i really like man like it we're everything man like we're every we're every color we're every race yes, definitely on our team and in our coaching staff, man. And it's good. These kids need to look up to somebody that's different, man. We got kids that want to go into music. I mean, Definitely. the fact that you have that, you can open that avenue to them. You, we got kids that like boxing like yourself, man. Definitely. And, and podcasts. The, the fact that you're doing this, <laughs> don't think I'm going to take it lightly, man, when I'm going to have you start doing some of our stuff on social media. So This is great. Yeah, dude, I would love to do that. I wanted to um... – I knew if I made the jump, I wanted to tell you, just not prove to you, but just you could be sure I'm going to be committed. And I think you've seen that when we were at Foothill. Yep. If I'm if I'm 10 toes in, I'm 10 toes in, and I'm going to be here. doesn't matter how many hours I got to be in the gym. I want to be here. And that's something I really wanted to make sure I was ready to do, especially, you know, jumping from one school to another and the opportunity, you know, open here at Highland. It was meant to be, and I feel real good about the decision, bro, honestly. I'm really excited for the opportunity. I thank you for putting me on your staff. It really means a lot to me that some, you know, someone wants me on their staff. Like you said four years ago, I just I was just keeping stats. I didn't really care. You like, were. You were, not, you were keeping them like with the pen and paper, man. It wasn't even like the new age technology. That's definitely. all I do. I was like, man, what is this guy doing? This is old school this stuff. This is some dude. old school stuff. You had it written out. You didn't have it typed out, man. I was like, oh. But from then, man, you've grown. And I think the first thing I noticed about you was, I think it was the second year there, man. Like, you were helping out in the weight room. I was like, this this guy just has a a knack for wanting to give his time if he's here at 5, 6 o'clock at night wanting to give his time. Because coaching, people don't realize, man, a lot of people coach for free out here. Definitely. It's, it, it's something that needs to be appreciated a lot more by people that aren't in sports. Definitely. That that, that their kids are in it. It's like, these coaches aren't out here making money off your kids, man. So Pennies on the dollar. That's not. I don't even know if it's that, man. <laughs> I, I would say like a lot of our staff, man. We end up giving more money back, definitely, and we put it back in the program into into the into the kids into each other, man. Because it, that's what it's it's gonna take, man. I mean, we have to reinvest that money, and we and, and it's very little. And I wish there was a better system, but it's the best system we got right now. But it's better than nothing. It'll make the most of it, for yeah. Sure. Like we can sit here and make excuses about it. Or you can actually do something about it, man. Some people are going to make more money, some aren't. But it's like that way in college, man. Some guys are going to make more money, some aren't. But what are you going to do with it? So. Definitely. And I think it's all about, like you said, it's about the kids. That's another, the only reason why I really loved I love basketball, but being there for the kids and mentoring them and just being something, I guess, another, like I said, a diverse coach, too. I think I'm real diverse than other coaches, too. I, I'm a little younger. Kind of know, I don't know, the culture a little bit is different, trying too. trying to call everybody old around here, man? Maybe that's come where on, I'm trying to go. watch yourself, dude. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I don't, don't come to... on the staff day one starting talking like we're all old, man. <laughs> my elders. I'm over here kicking them, my elders. We're, called, we're, we're seasoned. We're definitely, flavored, man. Definitely. And I'm really excited for the diversity. Even the group chat, Um, that was awesome. I be a part of that even the little the little things matter to me scott honestly you know hook me up with gear thank you for the gear by the way I, you, you bet man. it's a little different dude we, a, we do it over here man it's a real different played city man this we, is we, real crazy we definitely do it over here with the gear man 
we, so, we put a lot of effort into that. Definitely. And I I love it, man. It's, it's um, getting used to, but I'm, I'm really proud to be at Highland. It's crazy to say that now. It's crazy how the process was so fast. I know, man. We've been trying to work it for two plus years for to get you over here, Dude, man. Dude, it's been a wild two years, right? It has, but we got it done. Now we just got to go from here and whatever this COVID situation allows us to do, we have to adjust to that too, but unprecedented times that's what's crazy right now yeah everybody's going through it though man so like it's like it's just back to the regular thing i said man or what i said a minute ago it's every everybody's dealing with the same issues as far as covid how it's enhancing them in coaching we always talk about adversity adversity and if we're not meeting it head on then what are we doing as coaches we're just sitting here a word means nothing yeah we're just talking some words and not mean anything it's like we got to adjust and that's the name of the game in coaching, man. You're either getting better or you're not. One of the two. Definitely. And I want to, and I want to be like I want to be able to contribute and make the program, whatever you visualize it. I want to follow that lead, honestly. Oh, for sure, man. Um, speaking of coaching, I wanted to kind of we don't you know we we don't have a sit down all the time, but this is our first sit down. I wanted to kind of get to know your beginning of coaching. Like, how did you start coaching basketball? What was the beginning for you? I was actually I was playing ball and. Nebraska I was playing at a JC back there and it just kind of hit me like it was something I really wanted to get into I wanted to get into coaching not for the reason people want to usually like be on TV I wanted to get into it because I felt I was in a situation that I wasn't getting kind of looked at and I said as a coach I'm not going to put people in that same situation Mm -hmm. so I ended up moving back to my home town sorry my home state of Utah because that's where I'm I mainly grew up. Didn't know you were from Utah. So yeah, man. Like, okay. I grew up in Nebraska and Utah and Colorado. Like, those are my home states, man. But Utah is, like, my go-to. Definitely. And uh, I know the next question is, no, I'm not Mormon, because everybody always asks that. <laughs> I was, that's messed up. I wasn't going to say a Mormon joke, but I was like, nah, maybe just take the pot for that. Exactly, man, because everybody <laughs> I introduced myself to, it's like, nah. It's like, there are other people in Utah that aren't Mormon. And, uh, Brimhan Young. You and, hey, man, we Young? make our way. We make our way up there. So Definitely. But yeah, man, I just got into uh, I got into it there. I went to I went to call. I finished up at the University of Utah, and it, it kind of turned my mind. I was actually in business at the time, and I said I, I want to get into teaching, man. And the best way to get into coaching is through teaching. Definitely. Um, I through one of my classes, I met a, I met a guy, and he's like, "Hey, would you like to help out with with girls basketball?" And I said, "Sure." And I walked in day one, girls basketball, and this team was loaded, man. We had D one kids, and I, it was probably it was probably maybe one of the best and one of the worst things because mm-hmm. I, I my first year assistant coach man we won a state title I mean it, it wasn't like just winning a valley it's a little bit of a different setup from Utah and California but state means state but state titles are a wonderful thing yeah so we won one our first year and then I started coaching softball too and believe it or not like two years in a row we were in state title games and that as yeah. well and so I started coaching softball and, and basketball then I eventually flipped over to the girls side and then I started coaching football and. You know, I did that for three years in Utah. Then I moved out here to Bakersfield. What brought you to Bakersfield? It was just an opportunity, man. It was Definitely. it was here in L.A. or Texas. And, uh, you know, me being naive, I really didn't know much about Bakersfield. But I knew <laughs> I, I needed to get out and do something different. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a guy that likes to try different things, man. So, yeah, man. Uh, as you can tell, I've been to, like, four schools out here. Yeah. And all of them have been good to me because I like trying different things. It's just like – there's so many opportunities out there, and I preach that to everybody. It, it's cool if you want to be your own way and stick to something. Like, I get that. But I think it's also invaluable for you to get out and, and get to know different styles of life, man. You know, and mm-hmm. 
And, and I've said it before, dude. I doubt Bakersfield's going to be my last stop. You know, there'll, there'll probably be more in there, but and but I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited always about life, just where it will take you and the people you'll meet. Like, had I not come out here, I don't meet you. Yeah, definitely. I don't meet a lot of the people I've met. I don't meet the basketball people I've met. I've met a lot of good people through it. I mean, it's kind of led me to everything in life. So it's that's kind of like my background, man. And I've been I've been here at Highland for two years going on my third year as the head coach now Mm -hmm. uh before that i was at foothill for two years helping out the crew over there yes shout out to dom and wes exactly man those dudes uh it was weird i was coach i was the head coach at miramonte for four years and i'm in a in a meeting one time with davis and he goes smitty how about you roll over to the hill and i'd already been thinking about it and i was like you know let's do this definitely you know let's do this and it wasn't that i was upset it or down on anything in Miramonte I just needed a change in life it wasn't even basketball I was like I just needed a change in life I had a lot of good experiences over there people don't realize how hard it is to coach over there Mm -hmm. and uh from there I just hey let me jump to foothill and then we went to foothill and you know what I I would like to think I had a a big part behind the scenes and helping out that program to what you guys were able to accomplish and I left that year right before you guys got to right the state title. Right before we got the ship. Hey, those two years you were there, they were beautiful years. I yeah, think man. we've seen a lot of growth with our players, and it was it was a grind. People don't realize that program, what? We're not, they, they were zero wins. And then Five two years, years ago, we were zero exactly, wins. Exactly, man. Yes, and definitely. The two years that we were there, we were league champs one year, and I think 25 wins the next year losing in the uh, – Definitely. What was that? I remember uh, – I think – Man, that was against uh, Kerman. Yep, Valley Semis, man. And that's when we, you know, we lost Tyus, and we're like, how are we gonna get these twenty five points a game? Yep. And Tao Tao, C's, um, Squiddy, just Jaden guys come in. Just that was a beautiful thing to see. Like this way, we were in the beginning of the season to end up getting. We got our heart broken, but it was a. Well, that was, but that was probably the best game I've been a part of up that here, was, man. That yeah, Kerman that game, crazy. it was what was like double overtime. That and, was the crowd was raucous, dude. Hey, shout out to the Kerman crowd, man. Hey, those, those kids brought it, man. I learned a lot from that game, just about crowd noise. Crowd noise matters. Home yeah. court matters. And those boys were tough over there too, man. Well like, coached. I, I was, I was impressed with those guys. It was just like. We they, coached their best shot, our best shot, and it came down to hey man, they they scored one more bucket than we did. We coached the All Star game with those coaches. We had a good conversation. They taught they they put some game on me. It was real nice. They were they were good though. They were you know they weren't rah rah. They were just hey that was a tough game and it was fun. It was just fun. It was, yeah, it, it was fun to see the kids go through that adversity because I think it helped us bounce back the next year. And we've never forgot how that felt. Hell yeah. And it's, that was crazy. So with you going from a head coach to, you know, going behind the scenes, what was the transition like? How is that – how do you adapt to that? Oh, it's simple, man. Like, I know a lot of people have egos as a head coach, man. Like, for me, I was just like – I already knew Davis was the head coach, and I was cool with it, man. Like, I, I had no no beefs about trying to, like, come in and help, man. And Definitely. He let me run the offense for a while and put some things in that – were kind of like the twist that we brought from the Miramonte days, man, mm-hmm. and um, just the things that I knew. So I was appreciative of that, and it was good for those two years, man. And it was it really – what it led me to believe was we can all help each other in this, man. Yes, I learned we, that also. We can all help each other, and you got to put your ego aside because we're all trying to do it for the same thing, man. Like nobody's – I mean, if you're trying to win a Coach of the Year award and, and boast about it, then – once again, man, you're in this thing for the wrong reason. It's like I, I could go 40 years without winning a Coach of the Year award. That's cool. But I want our teams to be successfully 
on the court and, and what these kids are starting to do off of off it. And the then court. I want my coaches to be taken care of too. Cause I know you said earlier, like, Hey, it's about the kids. It's also about these coaches, man. Like yeah, if, if you hate coming to work every day, cause you're coaches, you got the wrong coaching staff. man. Yeah. yeah dude. I, yeah. And our, and, and, and our staff over here, man, we got, like I said, we got one female on staff and we got seven males, man. And it's, it's a blast. Like every day it is a blast, man. We like, you know, in the group text, man, it, it's just a blast for, from day one. Definitely. From day one, it's been good. I'm excited, man. You guys welcome me, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a good journey, bro. I think it's gonna be something um, different and different. Like you said, in life, we need to experience different things. Oh, for sure. And when you tell me, you've been telling me for the last two years when you're ready to make a change. Not does it have to mean you, you know? I don't like it at Foothill. Just a change in life, which I think every man needs. Yeah, some people just need a new opportunity, man. And just come through and see how it is. Be a part of this. You love it up here. Yeah, I, I'm loving. Hey, honestly, I've been here for two weeks, and I'm loving it. And you're already. loving it already, man. I'm loving it. Everybody here is real, real cool. I know most of the people. Like five, I didn't know five people worked here. Yeah, we got a lot of good support. One of my mentors growing up, dude. Like my first <laughs> wrestling coach, he used to beat my. He's beat me down in wrestling practice, bro. And I seen him today. I gave him the biggest hug. The biggest hug. No, we yeah, have man. COVID going on, but I'm like, bro, I need to give you a hug. See, see, we're gonna have to have a talk about that, man. You and you, you and COVID, man. Yeah. Why? Cause man, you're hugging people already. Oh man, it's, I'm just man, with it's you, dude. my mentor, bro. I had to I haven't seen Fifely since my junior year in high school. That's cool. So he's a good guy. He's, he's really solid, man. Solid guy, man. Shout out to Fife. Um, real fast, let's go back to basketball. Was Miramonte your first coaching gig, or your first head coaching gig? As I'm a head sorry. coach, yes. Okay. It was like I, I've been an assistant on many levels, and I've been in a like a JV and a frost off head coach. Definitely. And Miramonte just. It happened, man. Like, it, it happened really quick. I actually was about to stop coaching basketball. And then over that kind of break, the head coach said, I'm going to go into being an AD. Mm-hmm. So he turned into the athletic director, and that opened the spot for me. And fr- from there, man, like, people don't realize this. We had a really good team coming up. But what happened was the Miramonte population at that time is so was so transient. Mm-hmm. We lost so many kids. Mm-hmm. And, and people, the boundaries like I, are crazy. Like I said, people just don't realize – and it wasn't even a boundary thing. It was like these kids, the, their lives that they live, they, a lot of them live in split households mm-hmm. or they right. live with grandparents or people that are their guardians. And at any time, those people can pick up and leave because of a job, a housing situation. Definitely. And um, there's some schools that deal with that here in Bakersfield and, and surrounding areas. And, and it's a tough deal to navigate, man. It really is. But from there, like, you know, we had a, we had two really good years at, at Miramonte. We set, we set the record for everything every category every position wins the only thing that we weren't able to do was win a win a playoff game which it, it, it still gets at me but when I mean, we had a player of the year out of there the, the kid made it to college and now he's playing pro making pro. Yeah, making money i mean and, and then we had a bunch of other kids make it in other sports and yeah. they've made it to other things in life man i'm proud and a lot of those kids i'm proud of for what they've done man and this is what they added to our program because like i said it is a tough haul over there and people don't realize how it is and foothill highland they got a lot of those same characteristics and kids. same tendencies definitely. yeah everybody's a little bit different but there's a lot of those same characteristics like you could have one kid today and tomorrow he's gone because you know adults got to move to la you gotta to do what you gotta job, do so, definitely it's different but yeah, that was my first job, man, and I I was thankful for it. And the whole Miramonte experience, man, I had great a great time there. I know Miramonte sometimes will get a bad rap because of past experiences, but man, my time there when it opened to the 
the 10 years I spent there, man, were awesome. Fantastic. Miramontes, no, I always know when I, when we play Miramontes, it's going to be competitive. Yeah. They always bring it, no matter what. It's they, a competitive, it's not a walk, it's not a walk in the park game. It's definitely not. Yeah, man, they got a good thing going. Shout out to the coach staff. I really uh, respect all of them. Yeah, they got sure. a good thing going. What was your biggest lesson you learned from your years at Miramonte and Foothill coming to Highland for your second stint as a head coach? My biggest thing that I learned was probably, honestly, adapt, man. You have to adapt to the different situations because if you're stuck in one way, it's it, it's not going to always work. Definitely. I kind of used to think that like, oh, Here's my system. Here's my style. Here's what I want. And it actually kind of took working with Davis and, and Dom at Foothill, man, for those guys to to give me a different perspective of opening up a little bit more and realizing just different things about personnel, kids, lifestyles, uh, people in general. Mm-hmm. And, and like I deal with kids teaching anyway, but it, it was just like it, it did open my, my mindset to a lot more. And then just through them, it, it kind of opened me up to – you know, there is another level to keep building this thing, no matter what. No, Even if you're winning state, man, there's another level to keep going. From state, you want to try to start going national. Yeah. You know, I mean. Never get content. Never. We can't be content. That's a motto of mine. I can never be content. Yeah, man. And Comfort- it, it, being comfortable is fine, but we have to be uncomfortable to grow, I think. Exactly. Definitely. With the last, has it been three, year, three years here at Highland? Two. Okay, what's your, what do you feel like is your biggest accomplishment so far? Honestly, I, I think my big, or, or sorry, my our biggest accomplishment. I'm talking in the, the third person. Yeah, we're gonna get into the staff right now because I know you wanted to give a big shout out to your staff. Yeah, man, those guys are awesome. Our biggest accomplishment here, and, and this is no joke, is winning everybody in the classroom. We've graduated. Every senior we've had come through has graduated. Definitely. And that's not something that everybody can say because I know some schools around here haven't graduated everybody. Mm-hmm. But we've done a good job of graduating everybody. And we've even got some kids back from continuation school. And if you've ever got those kids back, they're tough to graduate. Yeah. Like they're back in school, but it's tough to get them to graduate. And sure enough. Because they're so behind, right? Yep. Definitely. And every kid's graduated, man. Um, and, and that's what I'm most proud of off the court. On the court, I'm, I'm proud of what we're starting to become. It's been a long haul. I'm not going to say it's been easy. Um. In my mind, I almost sometimes thought it would be a little bit easier mm-hmm. just because of the the kids that we would get to pick from a little bit. Because they're, you're drawn up here at Highland, we're drawn from 2,600 kids. I thought we would get more, like we'd be, have a bigger talent pool. Mm-hmm. So I thought obviously we'd get some more kids. And it's just been an adjustment because our school is D5. Yes. A lot of the schools yes, that we is. play in our league are D3 and D4. And and I when we inherited our schedule, it was D2s, D1s, and we just weren't ready to compete, man. I'm, I'm not putting us down. We just were not ready to compete at that level. And there were so many coaches before us. It's like the thing that I was most proud of our staff is we provided these guys some stability. Yes. And we fixed a lot of the things off the court that needed to be done. Like these guys hadn't – like our freshman staff, our JV staff, like our, our varsity guys, we're all – suited and booted mm-hmm. and i know that doesn't help you get wins but it, it the kids know establish that they, a culture the, the kids know that they care about it man yes. and the stuff that we do off the court we we host like a little one day christmas camp around here Definitely. Um, we're starting to just every year add more things more and more and more we're not great at it but we're just trying to build it more and more because the more stuff that we can do because we see a lot of these kids younger brothers come through younger sisters it's mm-hmm. like we want them to be a part of highland man I, I want that h i always tell the kids man i want that h to mean something to you definitely and uh we bring in some guys that have played here coached here had 
family members come here and it's like that h means something to all those guys they i yes. mean whatever they want to call it man h block whatever yeah definitely. like that stuff means something to this community and it's been here for 50 years now yes yes and there's nothing more like we've got a couple of kids on our team man they're they're adults in their life have played on some of these valley title teams and it means a lot to them I and mean, you know how that is at yes. Foothill. they come back and it's like they really want to tradition yeah they really want to represent that and our kids like want to buy that they're like my sister won a title my, my dad won a title. It's like, we want to win a title. And it's, yeah, we want to get there too. It's like, how are we going to do it? And like I said, we do have some of the, the differences of being a D5 school. So it's like, we're in a D5 school playing in a D3 and a D4 league. But hey, that's the situation we're dealt. We can either cry about it or we can do something about Make it. Make the most of it, handle business for yeah, sure. And, and then last year, man, we're one. Our league was one game away from going from last place to second place. You know, yeah. it was North and it was everybody else in the jumble. And I was like, Hey, mm-hmm. if we win one game on a free throw or not giving up a layup or a foul call goes a different way, we're in second place. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, we go from last place to second with one win. So. Shout to North. Are they back to back leagues? Yep. That's and tr- I think undefeated if I'm not mistaken. Hey, that's a turnaround. Since, uh, yeah, man, he does a great job. When AJ got a whole, got into that program and real big turnaround. AJ does a great job, man. There, there's there's the a coaches, lot of great coaches in this league, area, man. dude. The coaches in our league do a good job because they have to invest what a lot of people don't realize they have to invest more time in off the court stuff yes and their lives of the kids a lot of these kids can't are not able to get it themselves honestly their parents aren't yeah, man. able and that's okay well that's what we're here for exactly and that's why these coaches deserve a lot more than the credit that they get for it's like yeah there's sometimes we do take a 70 to 30 loss to some of these other schools well some of these other schools don't got to worry about their kids getting dinners at night and rides home and things like that man and that's just the tip of the iceberg there's a lot more issues that go on so. i learned a lot about that i told like there's that footage of no kids walking home at night on my watch exactly can't let it just because the area just what was known for the last 10 years it's a bad area yeah right that's there. something we all and that's something we need to change anyway just in like yes. the coaching it's like if we're raising that next generation it's like what are we trying to get these kids to do or are we trying to have them follow the same model because i would love for kids to be able to walk home in that foothill area in yes. that Highland area, it shouldn't be. They should be. And is their their kids? They shouldn't be exposed to that type of world at all. Yeah, it's crazy for them. It's, it's second heartbreaking, na- dude. For them, it's second nature, man. Like it's, these kids walk home and, and and see somebody getting a fight, and it's like they just keep walking. Yeah, like it's, it's nothing. It's everyday life, dude. That's what's crazy. That's why I was wanted to kind of coach too, just for I'd been there. I know what you guys are going through a little bit, so. Let me try to tell, but I want to be the voice I didn't have when I was a kid. Just try to steer them in the right direction, which I think I do okay, honestly. I try to keep up with my guys. Even though we haven't had practice in almost a year now, I still try to keep to keep in touch with my guys. It broke my heart to tell them, too, like, hey, I'm not going to be back next year. But this doesn't end our our coach, you know. doesn't deal with the – it doesn't end the relationship. It doesn't end our relationship, and it doesn't mean I. if you need anything, I got you still. Like, you need someone to talk to, or if you have any problems, you can still come to me. That's, that's never ends. I'm going to be your friend for life, but I'm not going to be at Foothill this year. And that it's, kind of broke my heart. I was, I'm not used to that. Never done it before. Oh, it's tough, man. It's really when, tough, dude. Yeah, I mean, sometimes – like, when I had to leave Miramonte, man, it, it fought everything back into me to leave tears. Like, it was like – Yeah, definitely. My voice started cracking, and I, I was like – I was confident, ready to tell him. I was like, I knew I just needed a new change, man. I was like, hey, this is what I got to do, fellas. And before you know it, you just something overtakes you, and it's like, I totally get that, man. It, it's tough, man. And and I'm not, I wasn't lying when I put that Highland shirt on for the first time, dude. And I walked to, when I I walked in here, I was like, choked up a little bit because I knew, this, I'm never, I'm not going to go back. 
this is the point of no return. I'm here now. This yeah. is where I'm gonna. I'm planting my seed, and I'm gonna grow from here. And it was kind of honestly, it's bittersweet. I felt not guilty, but I felt kind of like, damn, I'm leaving. But I'm really excited for the opportunity. I call, I, I call it you're growing, man. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. You're finally starting to grow. Definitely. As an adult there, my man. Definitely. 30 years later, right? Yeah, dude, it's about time. We've been trying to we've been trying to take care of you for the last four years. We're just trying to get you to grow a little bit more. Yeah, man, I think I was always, I've been, I'm the type, I like to be comfortable in my situations too, you know? So I didn't know how it would be to get out of any situation. Like, just, stay, I'm an east side guy. Always been on the east side. It's kind of like my nature. I'm always no, gonna be a photo guy. You always bet. in my nature. It was kind of like a dream for me to be there. Honestly, I remember I was a kid at, at Foothill. I want to come back and coach one time. I want to come back and coach. Like when I was coaching summer league last year, that was like the pinnacle of everything for me. I was like, this is cool. this is what I want to do. But then opportunity rises. Like I said, you got it's time for a change. Yeah, man, and it's just. It's crazy. It's just, like I said, I walked in the Highland and I damn near cried, but it was a good cry though, man. Like I was excited, you know, man, and my pops being here too. Yeah, man. Your pops helping out with the football team, man. That was crazy. He too. was here last year, man. It was, he just, it was awesome. We're out there coaching. Cause I was coaching football last year with these guys. And it was like the last two years, he just rolls in one day. I was like, man, what are you doing here? And he's just like, I'm here to help. And here he was. Man. Never thought I'd see him don a anything besides. He's a football guy all the way. I think I he was a booster for a while. And, and then before you know it, man, he's. I'm like, man, what are we gonna do to get Ernie over here? And he's like, he's like, uh, I think he's foothill for life. And I said, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely. see. We'll see, man. See, definitely. and it came true, man. Yeah, man. It was. It manifested. I think um, a career is what something I was looking for too. I know we have the DJ thing, and that's awesome. But a career, you can't really, you can't turn down a career, dude. You're multi-talented, man. DJ's not going to be there forever. You're multi-talented. Thanks, man. You got the DJ crew. You got getting yourself back in the school. Definitely. You got yourself another job here. Like, look. It's crazy, man. It's And that's what, it, it's using somebody like you as an example of like, hey, man, this is what you went through high school. Because you even told me, man, like, for all those listening, we didn't even know. I didn't know this, but when my first year at Foothill, one, one of my <sighs> students was Mr. Contreras over here. I was a pain in the ass, bro. And, and you told me that. You're like. That's why I, said, I didn't know if you remembered me, but I gave you a hard time a few times just walking the girlfriend to class, and you just te- you just being on me, hey, get to class. And I'll be like, oh, talking shit. Just doing dumb stuff like that, like being ignorant, being young. But, yeah, I was, I was a pain in the ass, dude. And I don't, re- I don't remember that, but the fact that you were telling me that story, I was just <sighs> cracking up about it. I was like, come on, dude, really? That and, Mr. man, that's Tavorn. Shout out to Mr. Tavorn, retired now, but... I was like that with him too, dude. I wasn't listening. If I would have listened to him a little bit, just with some of the the computer stuff, man, I would have been a genius. Yeah. God, he's just looking out for me, dude. You guys were looking out for me, and I wasn't really um, I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't um, I wasn't a man, you know. I was just a little kid, just thinking I was un- untouchable and stuff like that. Try to be cool. It's crazy how you can look back on that now and just like. What was I doing? That but was... the fact you recognize that it is awesome because yeah. a lot of people don't, man. If they continue that same way, that means there's no growth. And for you to like go from that kid to where you are now, it's like I said, man, you're in charge. And like you said, you're living your dream. That's It's, it's a beautiful thing, dude. That's awesome. I, the fact that you say like, oh, Summer League. Summer League to a lot of people doesn't mean a whole lot. And for you to be like, oh, this is the pinnacle. Yeah, that, man. That's some cool. That's some heartfelt type stuff right It there, is, man. dude. Like, And it wasn't just – it was – it was Frostsoft and JV, so I was there all day, which was beautiful. But I kind of, 
I learned how I learned a lot on the you know you learn a lot on the job. Being an assistant's cool, but once you're leading the troops and they're listening and re- responding to you, it's a whole different thing. Like I grew in that 14 days from day one to day 14. Looked at the game a whole different way, and I was like, okay, this is. This is potential. Well, it's like when you watch those NBA dudes, man, in the summer league that aren't head coaches be a head coach. Those dudes coach like they're trying to win the NBA finals. Yes, man. definitely. Like th- they think, oh, man, and it's just a simple summer league game with 12 dudes that probably aren't even going to be the 15th guy on their roster yeah. and maybe one rookie who will. And those dudes be out there trying to coach. It's no different than in a summer league. but And it's smart of coaches to do that, to give an opportunity like you. It's like, am I ready for this? Yeah, that's am what, I am I ready to be a head coach in a, in a frost off level or a JV level? Because once you get that itch, people don't realize is is a head coach. It's a different ball game. It's one thing to be an assistant because all you do is offer suggestions. Yes, and you're there for the kids and echo your vision. Honestly, exactly. But yes. at the end of the day, man, you and you got to realize this is an assistant. No matter what you do, the head coach always has the final call. Always, because it might be. Two to two, but that head coach has got to make that call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is two assistants agree with something, two don't. And it's the head coach that says, okay, we got to go with this. Yes, or it definitely. might be four guys that agree or girls agree definitely. with something, and you totally disagree with them. But as the head coach, you're like, hey, I've been through this before. We're not going this route. And I mean, that was, you know, that was a lot of the things that we had to decide when we came over here. Like, we had to change the direction that this school was going as far as the basketball program. Otherwise, we were continuously just going to keep beating our heads in about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And first, what we needed to do is we needed to, to change a lot of different things. Birth, you know, people, personnel, the way that our kids were taken care of, the way that they were doing stuff in the classroom. And like I said, we're not a finished product by any means, but I feel in two years we've made improvement. Definitely, I know a lot of people want to see a lot more wins. Well, we all want to see a lot more wins, Definitely. you know, and it's just those are the things that we sit here over all this extended time and get better at because if, if I'm sitting here for the last year not doing anything and the coaches aren't, then we're definitely not getting better. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's clinics, whether it's getting mentors, whether it's talking to people, whatever it may be, you got to up your game and you've got to up your craft a little bit more, even if it's a little bit daily. And it's, you know, some people do this all day. They're like, oh, I want to get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for us, it's just like what's – Little things can we tweak, and then what th- little things can we turn into big things? Definitely. So. Real, let's change, let's change direction real fast. You bet, and players, what do you look for in your players? Just for anybody listening, just even if it's our own players, what are the what do, what are your expectations of your players in all three levels? Well, for our for our guys, I want to be coachable. I mean, you're going to hear this a lot from a lot of different coaches. The same thing: you want your kids to be coachable because if not it's going to be hard for them to take any type of coaching whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they going to be accountable to not only themselves, but the team? And I'm starting to learn this a lot more. Are the people around them going to hold them accountable? Mm -hmm. And that's not something you can tell from day one, but it's something you can get a good vision of. And it's like, if their parents are letting them sleep in or their parents are letting them do this, then skip practice or skip practice or they're calling if, if, if their parents are texting you that they can't make practice, there's an issue. Definitely. There's really an issue. And it's like, oh, I appreciate it, but why are they not texting me? Mm-hmm. If And if it's nothing more than they didn't take their phone from them, there's a real issue with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, it, it does take some time to figure that out. Like, okay, you might have to break that down with one kid out of 49. So why are you not texting me what your parents are or your adults are? Definitely. You know, but I look for those two things. And then I, I look for kids that want something. If they're coming out here for this to be a hobby, 
I get that. Because not everybody's going to be an NBA guy. Not everybody's going to be a college. They want guy. to be involved. They want to be involved. Yes. And, and some, and I'll be honest. Some kids are just out there for the jersey, and some kids are just out there to look good in a picture. I learned too that they just want to be a part of something. Some of these guys have never been a part of anything mm-hmm. in their lives. And that's, and honestly, that's one of the things we do in our program. We keep a lot of kids. Like at every level, we keep anywhere from fifteen to twenty kids on each <laughs> on each team. Like you. That's yeah, it's hard sometimes, man. You've seen us when we come to when there's some of these gyms. You're like, man, how many teams do you got here, man? Yeah, you know, and it's just like my biggest thing is I know it is as a basketball player, you want to be a part of something, and if you're a part of a team, it's a it, it, it's it means a lot. But the toughest thing is when you get to that game, if you're not playing, are those kids going to be able to stick through it? Yes. You know what I mean? And and that's one of the challenges we have because yes. we do keep a lot of kids. Some of our coaches even argue against that, like. Why do we keep so many kids? We can't practice the reps that they need. Well, I'm like, you need to find a way for them to get reps because if we're not doing our job of developing them, then who knows? Then you, there's always that time where five kids get sick. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's an opportunity. Especially right now, the COVID that's looming with us, you never know what's going to happen exactly. when the season comes. You, if, if we, we might need to have a 20 yeah. squad team. Yeah, and that's going to hurt a little too with all these other sports pulling the kids too. You know, it's like. And what are we going to do? Tell them not to play football? Yeah. I'd like a two-sport athlete myself or a baseball player. Like Exactly. Over here, we have a we have solid programs, man. Football, baseball. It, I mean, our track and field teams. Are, Mike Garza is my good friend too, bro. Shout out to Garza. Yeah, man. That's why I grew up. Like, these dudes. They're good guys. We're, these guys and girls put it together. Like, our athletics is really good, and it's going to have to take a step up because when these realignments happen, we're going to have to up our game even more. But, you know, it's that, that's what you sign up for, man. You sign up to be great, not to – I mean, if you're coming in here trying to be nonchalant, like, oh, I'm just here to get credit on Instagram or something, man, you're going to have a hard time. So I don't want to. That's why I was nothing. I think I, I wanted to tell you, too. I don't want to do this half-assing anything. I don't like to half-ass anything in my life. I would hope not. Um, I don't do that. So if I'm – I already knew. If I'm here, I'm here. I know you. you know. And I want you to, too, Smith, like, if there's ever a time, like I think we were just talking about, you know, we're going to meet up for basketball, yeah. what your expectations are. I want you to do that to me. I could take constructive criticism like, if you got to tell me something. I know he know my dad is. My dad does it all the time. Mm-hmm. I got I got to eat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got to eat it, bro. I hate it. But it's just be, being a man and this, is, this position comes with responsibility. And this is what I want to do. Like, But if you ever do catch me, you feel like I'm half-assing something, yeah, let me know. Oh, we will. We will. And like I said, we've got a lot of good coaches on staff that allow you to grow into what you need to do. We're not going to just like jump you from day one and say, oh, fix it. Yes. Like there's guys that will, there's guys and girls that will work with you here. And if you're not getting better at it, we're going to sit down and be like, what it is, you know, like what it is that's not working for you. Mm -hmm. And is it working for us? Because the big picture is we all got to be in this together because I want to enjoy this. I don't want to go home hating it, man. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to go home hating it because then the kids start seeing it. And then what happens is it turns into no matter what, when you're losing, it's not fun. Yeah. And our energy trickles down to them, I think. Hence, another reason why we dress up. If we don't dress like it's important, they're not going to think it's important. Then the kids aren't going to take it important. Definitely. Your staff. Let's talk about your staff a little bit. I know you wanted to give them some, you wanted to give them their kudos because they, you're not, the staff isn't. I guess the program is nothing without the staff. Yeah, man. These, Let's give some shout-outs to the staff. What, how's your staff looking? Who's, who's a part of your staff? All right, my, our staff is we get, we're with you now. We're seven deep. We got Chad Dials. He's my my him and David Jackson. Those guys are my two assistants on varsity. Great guys. Yep. 
uh, they both have kids that have went here or are still here. So they're ingrained in Highland. They've always been ingrained in Highland. Mm -hmm. And those two dudes, like, know my every movement, man. Like, whenever there's something that needs to be done, they're they're the parts that I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know what I, I mean? They really are. Like, And I can't thank those dudes enough because it's just been, honestly, a great staff to be a part of, man. Every day we laugh, we joke. Even when we're in some struggling times, man, one of those guys will say something on the bench during a game in a tough time to make you sit there and think, man, there's there's another part to life that I need to sit there and, and recalibrate on. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And it, and it's great. And then on the JV staff, we got Nick Romero, who played here, mm -hmm. went here. He finally got hired as a teacher here, so he's full circle. Yes. And his assistant is Jackie Oates. She played basketball when I was at Miramonte. Okay. She played at BC, man. She's toughest toughest person on our staff. You don't want to mess with her, man. Definitely. Like she will. Can't wait to meet her. She will evil. She she has like the quietest voice, but the evilest eye, and she will stare you down and, and put some fear into you. Definitely. And the kids know that, man. They're like, you don't want to mess with Coach Oates for yes. sure. And then our freshman staff, we got Robert Valdez. He went here and a couple other schools. Now he's back here teaching. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to have teachers on your staff, man, because they can check around the kids. Yes. And they and, and this kid's a superstar, man. Like Valdez is he is on it. Like anything I need, he is on it. Um, and then we got his assistant is Coach Dials' son, Bryce Dials. Okay. He is actually going to Cal State right now, and he's doing a great job of, of, of learning how to become, one, an adult, and then, two, a coach. Coach, yes. And, and he's doing thing. a great job. And, um, like, I appreciate all those, all, all those coaches. They do a, such a phenomenal job at pouring into these kids. They do anything I ask them to do. Definitely. Um it's a tough job when you have a lot to ask for and it's tough, man. There's a lot of times I go, should I ask these guys to do it? But it's like, they volunteer like coach mm -hmm. dial, like Chad dials on my, on my varsity staff, man. He picks up anything and everything that is kind of like loose ends for me, man. Mm -hmm. and, and it's invaluable. And now having you, yeah, like, it just gives us even more flexibility and it's like, great. Now we've got all these coaches we're, we've got all this, you know, equipment we're getting all we're, we're starting to raise a lot more money for our kids and the in the community starting to see it we've got great parental support here yes i can't i can't stress that enough it's like it will never be if you're ever thinking you're going to have the parents behind you 100 percent and the adults that's that's a tough that's a tough haul because all their all the adults want to see their kids play and it's like you only got room for five yeah. to play at one time mm -hmm. and we you know we try to make that clear and not every day they're going to agree with it but our our, our adults it, 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 these kids lives are really supportive man so Definitely. between them and the coaches it, it really makes it great to be a part of here and yeah you gotta you gotta have some problems here and there but overall they are phenomenal phenomenal that's another thing i'm looking forward to too like the last three four years at footy i wasn't on campus i wasn't able to look out for my guys now you are now i can this is gonna be i always wanted to of course but this is something i'm looking forward to that that opportunity too just to just keep an eye on them and it's good just to walk out and be like, there's Coach Contreras right there on staff. Maintaining a relationship, too, you know, kind of. I think it starts off the court, honestly, too. As long as they start trusting you and know you care, I think they're going to run through walls for us. Yeah. And it's great when they see you at lunch. It's great when they notice you. They don't. There's a problem if you're walking across campus and one of your kids runs from you. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's like they either know they effed up or two, they just don't have. They're they gonna love they for you. Have, they don't have the decency to come talk to you, yeah. and you know, I think every coach has been through that. Yeah. Like it's your 
out of your mind if you haven't had a kid not want to come talk to you like oh they missed practice and now they don't want to like, like yeah. seek you out so yeah yeah it, it's cool man it's a good feeling and then like i said for the coaches it's great to just walk out and see your other guys you're like hey what do you think about the game last night or you just mm-hmm. kind of start talking about nba stuff or college yeah. or whatever man definitely and between you and i like we'll probably start getting into some wrestling talks man dude we we love wrestling I, this is a wrestling campus I've learned too the last. It is, man. I, I, you know, I don't even know why that slipped my mind. Wrestling's done really well here. Yeah, our sports are they're they're top, they're getting top notch here, man. And it's all because it's been invested in. If it's not invested in, if it doesn't start from the top down, it's it's a real problem, man. Mm-hmm. I like to, man. I don't feel like a new guy here, honestly. I know it almost. Whoever's been on stat on campus, I know them already. It's a cool. That's thing. good, man. Like Moreno, we're just talking about Moreno. We have a history, not from sports, just through business. That's the we, guy, dude. We've done business together. Moreno. Addison, Angel, Brad, Fife, um, Jaquez, My dad's here. Uh, Gutierrez. I know Gutierrez for years before I even knew he coached football. I didn't even know he coached football. Yeah. Just know his wife. You know, like they all just work with my pop. So, you. I don't feel like I'm the new guy here, man. It's been really welcoming. It's been it's crazy. I didn't know this existed. That's good. And even if you didn't <laughs> know those coaches, those guys and girls will take care of you, man. Yeah, I found I've been finding that out. They really will. And, and I'll be honest, could it be better? Is it always can be better? But for the fact, all of our coaches really do a good, decent job of supporting each other, man. Definitely. Like, I would love to see it all the time where we could always be each other's games. But it's like, hey, when you're all trying to win championships, it's a little bit tough. But I've seen coaches make more of the effort. I love in basketball games, man. I look up there. There's football coaches at our games. Mm-hmm. You know, we got cross-country coach at our games. It's great, man. Our track coach, like Coach Cueto does a great job of track, man. Good and plan. it's like all these guys and girls, they invest a lot of time. And that's why Highland, like I said, it, it is a great place to be. Yes. I'll find that out. And I'm committed, man. How many like times I, we said that on this podcast? Have, I feel I feel like a broken record saying that, but I'm not just no. This is chiming that. And we're just we're this is from the heart, honestly. This was just something we set up, and I just wanted to have a conversation, but I just wanted to have it on the podcast for sure, man. This is beautiful. Um, I just like I guess I could just say I'm honored again to be a part of your staff. Whatever you need me to do. I'm in for it, man. I'm in whatever you need, and you're my guy. So you bet, man. We're gonna utilize this a lot. Whatever weight room, social media, <laughs> just helping out where I can. With all, like I said, I want to be help all, all three levels if I can. I like being here at five and leave at nine. Honestly, that's my that's. I like to be involved with all the kids too, though. I want to establish a relationship with all of them, and I like that role. Honestly, that's like that's up my alley. Yeah, you have a lot of talents that are gonna be utilized for our for our team. In our program, man. Because we really are a program. A lot of these, it's weird. I see, I, you know, we play so many schools and it's freshman team is their own team. Yeah. It's literally like they're their own program. Yeah. And when I got hired up here, that was the one thing I got asked. They're like, we feel like there's three different programs. There's a JV, there is a Frost Off, and a Varsity. And they asked me directly, what are you going to do to bring them all together? And I said, well, why are they, you know, and I gave them a couple reasons. I'm not going to get into it. But now it is, man, our older kids take care of our younger kids yes we, we bring that. everybody in together and it's don't get me it's difficult to group 60 kids together sometimes yes. and get them all on the same page but whatever we're getting at varsity our frost soft teams getting i hate when i go to some of these frost soft tournaments and they're wearing like size yeah xl man. jerseys and stuff like hand that. me downs from like 10 years yeah, ago from 10 years ago it's like, yeah, like oh, we'll, we just we'll just push them down it's like man you got to invest in all of these kids man yes. and so like if our freshmen and i don't like it when some teams raise money just for one team 
No, yeah, you're right. Like, all, all right. those kids better be getting the, the stuff. They're all putting in their money and their effort and their time. And it's their like time. We, we all getting something, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's – and it happens with our – that and it happens with our coaches, man. Like, it, whatever somebody's getting, somebody else is getting. I mean, there is no like, – And I have some ideas too, loaded. man, for – fundraising that's something i always wanted to do you better because you're going to be in charge of that that's a different story yeah man. i need that like i think i have to do really well in that and again just want to contribute to all three levels and just kind of just be there i just want to be involved that's all i, t- I think that's what i told you i just want to be involved yeah you're gonna be a, and that's it man i don't want to be a main ingredient i just want to be on the side that's it just do my thing and utilize whatever you need me to do and just do the best i can it's thanksgiving dinner man exactly we, we, all these little pieces laid out now we're at the top of the meal let's eat I'm, ex- I'm excited to eat, bro. I'm are excited. All, are we all? I'm excited, man. I'm real happy to be here, Scott. I'm more than happy to have you, man. It's been a great... Just the day that I found out you were even applying, I was like, awesome. I made all these calls. Yeah, appreciate that. A lot of texts. Appreciate that, my guy. And then our uh, the admin came through, man. Like, it's never a done deal. You know, you, know, you kind of sit there on some pins and needles and be like, oh, is this going to happen? Is it not? And I had to knock out the interview, too. That wasn't... And you gotta, yeah, man, you got to take care of your I had part. to take care of my business, too. I already knew. I figured if I could knock out the interview and do well and just show what I could do on perf- that basketball, it has nothing to do with basketball, just what I'm doing here now. I think everything else would just fall into place. Yeah. And it's falling into place. I can't believe it sometimes. I'm still like, I can't believe I'm waking up for a job. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm waking up early for a job now. It's been a, it's been a while. You might, like Being your own boss is crazy, honestly. It's a crazy thing. I'm blessed. I'm real lucky, but I'm, I'm ready for this opportunity, man. And this is going to be a real good journey that I'm excited for. Yeah, it's hard work, man. And when you're willing to put – no matter what, there's no substitute for it, man. I learned this from, from – a lot of people and then brad mm-hmm. brad hole like really stapled this in he's like when he was talking about wrestling at foothill when he was back there in the day he's like there is no substitute for hard work exactly and everybody's got a different definition of it but there is no substitute man and you can't come in if you're going to be a coach that just comes in for the two hours and you don't practice plan you don't meet with your kids you don't go over video or film or all the other things and you don't even take care of them as people man mm-hmm. it's that's not Video and film is another thing I want to venture to. I think I've done that, but not with all three levels. Yeah, man, there's a lot. Be, the kids learn by seeing it, I think. There's many avenues. I think they they learn a lot about the game and where they need to be at and why they need to be there, why they weren't there through film. You know what I mean? Many avenues. Definitely. So I'm, I'm, real, I'm real excited, man. Me too. So I'm excited uh, to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Um, you didn't have to do this, but you did, and it was – just one text away and i appreciate it man it's a chance to get our brand out there like we're trying obviously there's a lot of schools that want definitely the limelight it's like obviously we want in that limelight you know and obviously we have to do our part here but we're gonna get in there i know we will i I know we will we will and it it takes time and dedication man but like i said it we're all willing to do it yes and if not we wouldn't be here so definitely well we in here episode 61 Head coach of Highland High Boys Basketball, Scott Smith. Pleasure having you on, man. Appreciate it once again, man. One of many, hopefully, throughout the next couple of years, we'll have we'll have a song. Hopefully, we're talking about Valley Championships and state titles one day. 
Hopefully. League hey, titles, all that good stuff. Let's I'll take, do it. I'll take anything, man. I'll, I'll even just sit out here to talk with you about whatever, man. Wrestling. All your multi-talent. Our wrestling. We're going to talk about wrestling one time, too, Scott. And once we get more mics, we'll have Chad we'll get, on. We'll have Jackson on. Angel. Whoever wants to be on. Exactly, we'll, man. We need to bring these coaches in. Yeah, that'll be fun. Angel's going to be real mad at me because he's like, bro, you're going to have Scott on before me? Hey. <laughs> I've been telling Angel for the, a long time. The, be, the better looking, the better, man. Like hey, That's all man. I can say. We got we to gotta get where you fit in. He, he knows this. I, I love my, my boy, Posadas. <laughs> Shout out to Big Sod. He's a good guy. Exactly, man. All right, man. Well, we out. STS Podcast, EC3, The Gap to Genius, Scott Smith, Episode 61. We out.